Hey there. Welcome to another episode of the Super Review Shows. Mixed bag coming to you live once again from the JK. I am joined by my good man, Bill Murphy. What's going on, folks? We have a special guest tonight. You know her, you love her. How Allie's am I special? Let me put it to you this way. Never yeah. call me special. Sorry. We have a wonderful guest tonight. <laughs> her name is Allie. She's back once again. How are you doing tonight? Schmecklin? Love to see it. Love to see it. <laughs> um, like, we, we can't get rid of her, can we? No. Whenever we need a little extra input, she's there to help us out. Um, but just to remind everyone, we the best podcast. We the best podcast. Uh, JT River. We the best music. DJ. No, he's really not the best music. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, guess what? Uh, okay, and I want to just say something. I, now, I know you're all thinking. In the Grammys. No, we're not. No, no. Don't feel like it. It's not that we don't like the Grammys. It's just we don't really want to cover it because it's, yes, we cover movies, music, television, and to some extent video games, if you think about it. Um, the, with the whole thing with the Grammys, it's like, yes, it's coming up, but at the same time, we, it's not our place to cover it. And we just, just we, we're, not, we're not really fans of how it runs. That's just my opinion. But yeah. Um, but we're not talking about the Grammys tonight. We will be talking about the Oscars. And guess who we're going to get if he's available? We're getting Dr. Matt Hemsley. Our Oscars PhD. PhD, Dr. Matt Hemsley. Yes, he is so, our guy. So He is our guy. So, okay. But what's our topic tonight, Bill? Okay. Our topic tonight is... Okay, sitcoms. We all love them. They make us laugh. But there were times they got serious and tackled serious topics. So tonight we're talking about sit time. Sitcoms got serious. And... We're also going to not just be include like just general sitcoms, but we're also going to include, you know, shows that are more lighter on their feet. Like we are going to be like Ali just gave us this idea. And may I say bravo. Um, We're going to be talking about shows from like Disney Channel and Nickelodeon, too. Yep. You know, we're going to be talking about basically when fun shows got serious and i um i want to just give a disclaimer some of the shows we're going to be talking about do include some serious topics yep um they do include serious topics so if any of these topics do make you upset or trigger you maybe this isn't the episode you should be watching i agree and it's not that we don't love you we do you're wonderful but maybe this is not exactly the thing you should be watching. Yeah. So, yeah, but don't worry. It's okay. Um, but if, if you, if you are, if you are listening to us and you want to move forward to listening to us, you can start now. All right. So what show do we want to start with tonight? You know what? You want to go straight into Disney channel? We'll let's get out here. of the way. So which Disney channel show are you talking about? Let's go. Let's start with that. So Raven. All right. Let's do that. So Raven. Starring Raven Simone. 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 It Simone. Sounds Simone. It sounds fancy. There are two episodes that come in mind in That's So Raven. The first one is an episode where Raven tries to apply for a job and she has a vision where the person who's trying to hire her says, I don't hire black people. And like as soon I had to rewatch it a little bit, and I'm like, oh my goodness, 
Are you kidding me? Yes, this is racism right there. And there are anti-discrimination laws in place. Like, that's the worst excuse you can think of for not hiring somebody. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think this is appropriate because today is, holy crap, today is February 1st. Yep. It's Black History Month. Kind of ties in if you think about it. It all ties in, Allie. Well done. So I guess I'm kicking off Black History Month, too, with this. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, I remember this episode, though, and it's just so, you know, it's just so shocking that knowing that this was in the early, two. this wasn't like in the 70s, right? This was like 2003, 2000, like early, mid 2000s. This was in like er- the early 2000s. This was like the early 2000s. Yeah, it was like. Was it 2003? Is that right? 2004? Am I thinking that right? Between 2003 and 2005. Yeah. All right. And there's one more episode as well. And it's an episode where Raven does a photo shoot. Oh. Photoshopped her to be more skinny. Which it kind of is a huge trigger, especially for a lot of people nowadays. It's like, Especially younger people, like yes. someone that's like skinny and thin or Kardashian like, you want to be exactly like them, and you always and it just body dysmorphia. Really, it's like you feel bad about your body. It's sad. Yeah, it is. No, like I remember that episode too, because. I remember it's, you know, and, you know, people who, you know, there have, you know, there are people who do struggle with that, who struggle with eating disorders and struggle with, and, you know, especially among young people, I think it's really, it's really troubling. And don't get me wrong, I think people should do their best to eat healthy and exercise. But I think there's a limit though. Like don't go starving yourself and run 50 miles a day. Yeah. Because that's, that's unhealthy. I agree. 100% Bill. Like even, uh, even healthy lifestyles can be unhealthy. Oh yeah. You have to be very mindful of who you are and mindful of your limits. Thank you. Preach it. Preach the gospel right there. And, you know, and I'll be honest, like when I graduated college, I had gained some weight and. Yeah. And, you know, I was. I was told some advice by some well-meaning people. By some well-meaning people. But the advice was just not good. I'm not saying these people were bad. They meant they had all the best intentions, but it wasn't helpful. We'll just put it that way. We'll just put it that way. It just wasn't helpful. Right. Yeah, so... 
Yeah. I agree. Interesting choice. All right. Well, that anybody else have anything for that? So Raven, because I got another Disney Channel show that's a little bit more recent. I'd like to talk about. All right, go, Allie, go. go, go, go. What do you got? This show is actually called Andy Mac. Oh, I think I know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Oh let's God. put it this way. The whole concept, this whole thing is about tackling serious issues. And from the start, our protagonist. Who she thought was her sister was actually her mother. And she had her as a teenager. So like right from the start, they've started tackling serious issues. Like, let me just put it this way. This whole show is about serious issues, talking about teen pregnancy. And also you have the first show where somebody came out. Cyrus. Yes. Like, I, I'll be honest. I never really watched the show. The show was a little after my time. But I see a few episodes here and there. No, I remember people talking about it. Like there is a there is a part there is a episode when Andy's friend Cyrus is talking about, oh, you like this girl, right? You like this guy? And he's like, and he just tearfully nods his head. And you know what? It's it's kind of heartbreaking. Because especially for young people who are coming out, they're thinking, you know, that's that's got to be the, listen, I myself am not in the LGBTQ community. I'm very supportive of them. But, you know, coming from a straight man, that's got to be the hardest thing. Yeah. That's got to be the hardest thing to do. Because you're wondering, are my friends and family still going to accept me? Are they still going to love me? Right. Or are they going to turn their backs on me? Of course. I mean, and also with different people, like nowadays, it's like, you don't know if you come out to, like, if your family's still going to love you in the end. It's very true. I mean, I, I, can, I cannot personally relate to it specifically with anyone in particular in my life, but I've heard of people in my circles say, hey, you know, my friend just came out as gay you're a lesbian and and you know and it, for, for, i will say though applauding disney though to actually try something like this it, i mean trying it was a good concept but i mean but the execution of it may have been a little bit too like you know what i mean you see what i'm trying you know yeah. what i mean like a little well, bit almost too forceful well here's where i'll play for it i feel here's where i will defend disney i feel like a lot of sitcoms they try to play coming out for laughs yeah but here, they played it 100% serious. So that's where I will give Disney credit on that one. And, you know, it's, and then, of course, you have all the Karens and all the people. Think of the children! Shut up. Let me explain to you again, Karen. Let's go back to the educational debate. The answer is simple. Your kids are going to be exposed to this someday. One day. One day they will. Yeah, Karen. Your your little angel is going to get exposed to this one day. <laughs> Karen, sorry. I don't mean and, to laugh, but... And Kevin's. Oh, my God. Isn't it horrible? We're teaching kids that there's different types of people out there. Oh, my God. Isn't that terrible? Yeah. Yeah. For those who are still listening to us, by the way, kudos to you because we have a very serious discussion ahead of us mm-hmm. <laughs> just saying 
uh, with this topic. But yeah, um, anything else for any Mac before we move? Because we have a lot of shows to get to. But oh, we got oh, a lot of stuff to get to tonight, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think because I do have one more to touch up upon from Disney Channel. Yeah, and it's just one episode, and Which it's one? going back to body dysmorphia, eating disorder, and it's an episode from Lizzie McGuire. Oh yes, I forgot the girl's name. Not Lizzie though, but. Miranda, I think her name is. Like she sees all these people in the magazine and she realizes she wants to be just like them and starts cutting out everything and overworking herself to a point where she became dehydrated, starving. I haven't seen this show in forever. We're old. I barely, I'm getting old. I'm barely, yeah. You know what? Because I'll be honest, Hillary Duff was my first like celebrity crush, and I think a lot of young men in my generation would probably say the same thing. But I do remember this episode because I had a friend of mine when I was in um elementary school who um who who I remember she was talking about this episode. And I must have been, I don't know, fourth grade. You know, a million years ago, folks. Yeah, when Bill was back during the prehistoric times. Yes, <laughs> and we rode brachiosauruses to school. Yeah, they, they, they rode uh, humpback whales, too, to, in, into ocean class. We did. We did ride humpback whales. And for gym class, we had to fight a saber-toothed tiger. There you go. Um, um, but yeah, go on. But no, I do remember her talking about this episode. And... She goes, have you ever heard of something called a starvation diet? I'm like, what? And I remember she was asking one of the TAs, and the TAs explained it in languages that we couldn't understand. You know, where nine-year-old me, I'm like, well, what is that? And, you know, me being nine years old, I just figured, I just brushed it off my shoulders and like, okay, uh, whatever that is. But then I remember hearing about that later on in my life, like mm-hmm. especially in like high school and college when I know people who, you know, when I know people who were going through things like that. And then I remember watching that episode that some people would just say things like, you know, when I think it was Miranda's character saying, you know, my life is so out of control. I feel like eating was the only thing I had control over. Yep. And no, for our generation, I think eating disorders is huge. Even in even in future generations, like people younger than us, they're still tackling eating disorders as well. And I just want social media. I just want to say this: it's it's. It can happen in guys too. Of course. Like we're like, you know, we're talking about it with women, but it happens with men too. You know, men are maybe afraid of because Allie and I know someone personally who's gone through this. Don't we, Allie? Yeah. And we're not gonna disclose this person's name. We you know, I think he wants us to respect his privacy, so we're not going to say anything. But, yeah, it's 
yeah, I can totally understand what the problem is. And, you know, I think the media has something to do with it because they tell young people, you don't look like Kim Kardashian. <laughs> You're fat. You should, you should go lose some weight dangerously. Look, Kim Kardashian's this thin and she looks amazing. Well, I'd rather be a Lizzo. Yeah, Lizzo seems like a nice person too. She actually she seems very nice, and she's a flautist. She's what? And she's a flautist. She's smart, talented. She's a player. She's smart, talented, and Kim Kardashian. In the words of our dear friend, who unfortunately couldn't be here tonight, Justin, for Kim Kardashian, remember all this over a sex tape. Oh, God. So the best lesson to be learned, people, be a Lizzo, not a Kardashian. Yeah, be a Lizzo. Be a Lizzo. She's awesome. Accept your body for who it is, for what it is. Accept her. Just, yeah, just be who you are. You know, take care of yourself, too. You know, do take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. In the wise words of the great band Journey, be good to yourself. <laughs> be good to yourself. Yeah. And don't try story. to lose 30 pounds just to fit into a Marilyn Monroe dress that you ruined. Yeah, exactly. Um, anything else for Lizzie McGuire? I think I'm good. All right. Is, that, think, is there anything else for Disney Channel you guys want to talk about? Is there anything else for Disney that we want to touch on at all? Uh-huh. Because I know those were the three I definitely wanted to mention. And I know there's probably more that we don't know about. Uh, there, there are some... Okay. Oh, okay. Well, this was a show it didn't originally air on Disney Channel, but the reruns did. Does, does that count for anything? What is it? Boy Meets World. Oh, that counts. Okay, we... We can count it. Because we you also got Girl Meets World, too. Good, yeah, but uh, I, I never really watch Girl Meets World, so I'm just gonna focus on Boy Meets World. So yeah, okay. fine. sorry. Okay, there's a couple episodes I want to think about. I I would like to. One is this episode. Okay, have, have either of you two watched this show? I probably should have. JT, have you ever watched Boy Meets World? I never have. Okay, so I'm flying solo on this one. You got it, bud. Go ahead. Okay. Okay, two ep- there's a bunch of episodes that have serious topics. I'm just going to focus on a couple. One is one is there's an episode in which in which um okay, what happens? Um okay, the main character oh, okay, the character Sean, who is the main character's Corey's best friend, Feels has lived a tough life. His parents, I think, have split. His father is sort of absentee, but then gets later involved in his life later on in the show. And he's currently living with his teacher. He is currently living with his teacher. And, you know, he feels like he has nothing in his life. And then this young lady comes by and says, hey, I can take you to a place. I can take you to a place where people like you are, you know, accepted in. 
And it's this place called the circle. And, and it's run by this guy. And, you know, he's, he's telling him all these things and they all hug each other constantly. And he's starting to get fall in love with it. But then it, but then it really, but then it really turns out that this thing is basically a cult. Like they don't show anything too graphic. Yeah. Like they don't go Jim Jones on us. But, but what I find this episode so interesting is they really show what cults do. And I think it's described perfectly by, and I think it's described perfectly by Mr. Feeney, who's played by, I think his name is Gregory Daniels. Who is, I just want to, you know, I just want to give a shout out to Mr. Daniels. He's 95 years old and he's still kicking. Well done, Mr. Daniels. Please continue to take good care of yourself. Yeah. 95 years old and he's still kicking. Way Um, to go, man. Way to go. Way to go, Mr. Daniels. Or should we say Mr. Feeney? God bless him. But anyway, there is, but, and I think the way he says it is, is perfect. He goes, he goes, listen, I'm okay with people wanting to find spirituality, but this isn't it. This is someone like this guy who runs the circle is someone who is, who runs the circle. He's, he's, he's out looking for lost souls to manipulate. Wow. And you know what? I think that's what cult that perfectly explains what cults are. They look for people who are in the lowest place of their life mm-hmm. or at the lowest place of their life. And they're saying, Hey, come join us. We'll love you. We'll be your friend. We'll give you all this. Join us. Like it perfectly describes what cults do and how they recruit people and the people they look for. And, and, you know, there is a, where the teacher who he lives with gets into a motorcycle accident and when, and the guy who runs the cult brings him to the hospital. I goes, what are you doing here? He goes, I'm here as a spiritual leader. And he goes, get out of here. Just, just leave. He's got real friends. Like, no, he needs me. And, and there is this heartbreaking scene when, 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 Corey, Ben Savage's character is just hugging Sean. Like, this is a hug. Not the thing that the weirdos at the center are giving you. This is a real hug. I love you. I care about you. And, you know, there was a point where he says, I finally found something to believe in. And Corey's father asked Sean, do you believe in God? And when Sean's teacher is laying there, you know, please, God, save him. 
they don't mention it a, a god of any specific religion or any specific denomination. Yep. They don't say if they're Christian or Jewish or if they're Christian, doesn't say if they're Catholic or Protestant or whatever. But but you know, this is I think why I really like that episode is again, it really shows you what kind of people cults pry on and what kind of people they try to recruit. And yeah, listen, there's a bunch of other episodes, but these are the two ones that I can really think of. There's another one when Corey and the gang, they're in their first year of college. And there is actually a professor who's actually play, played by Ben Savage's brother, Fred Savage. And they all like him. They think he's so cool. Until... He goes in, until one day he goes into a until one day he is invited by Corey's then girlfriend who eventually become fiance and eventually they get married and they eventually have the spinoff Girl Meets World Topanga. He goes into her dorm room and he makes some very uncomfortable advances on her. Hmm. And you know this has been seen. You know what I mean? Yeah. With male teachers and female students, right? And he's like he's touching her and he's like I want you to get out of here now. And then and then for and then and then Corey comes back. Goes, what happened? Oh, he was just weird. He was touching me, and so then Corey goes to confront the prof- the professor, and they get into a huge fight, and he throws him through a glass window, and then the whole thing ends up going to a ends up going to a um ends up going to a hearing in which yeah, there's this kind of running joke that Mister Feeney it kind of follows him all throughout their education. He's now teaching at this, at the college in which he's, I know he eventually gets married, but I think at this point, they're just dating him and the the Dean, who is actually played by his real life wife, by the way. It's so funny. The Dean's played by Gregory Daniels, his real life wife, and the professor's played by Fred, by Ben Savage's real life brother. So, mm. but, but, you know, so, Mr. So Feeney's basically being Corey's counsel in another way and saying, like, what were you doing in a young lady's room? Goes, well, I was just doing, I was just helping her with a paper, right? Topanga? No, you were doing a thank you. And just you can see what he's like. Like they don't show like actual abuse, but you know, you could show the type that he is. He's very that he's very sly, he's very manipulative, he's very He's got like that cocky little smile, like, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you got, I got this, I got this. And then, and then apparently he had threatened to have Corey thrown out of college. But then when it finds, and then the result of the hearing, Corey gets suspended for one day and gets put on probation. And then, and then, 
the dean i love this line of the episode when the dean go when goes but he assaulted me i'm a teacher i deserve to be respected and then he goes no that's a teacher pointing to feeney going a teacher should not be putting pressure on a student unless it's academic that's that's a teacher pointing to feeney i don't know what you are but i'm going to find out thinking that there's going to be an investigation. So I think what I, because there are people like that, and I think this is a very important episode to watch because it shows there are people who use their power over others, you know what I mean? To intimidate people. To bully people. Yeah. And that's why I think this episode is so important. Like, I wouldn't, you know, just on, on a on a funny note here, I wonder how Ben Savage felt about pushing his brother through a glass door, though. I wonder if he always wanted to do that. Hmm. That's where the cookie you stole when I was six. Um, but. But no, this episode is the people in school, heck, even in the workplace, people who use their power over others to manipulate them and defend themselves. So I think this is a very important episode to watch. All right. Okay. JT, you have any uh, shows, my friend? Uh, they're mainly like, they're sitcoms that are like are adult shows. That like, like I hate saying adult shows like that, but like, there's shows that like not really kids would watch because I didn't really watch a lot of kid shows when I like when I was younger, um, truthfully. But but I do have some shows that I can touch on certain parts and certain episodes or certain arcs of the show. Well, I, that, I got a list of a bunch of things too. It's not just kid shows. We're talking about adult stuff. Yeah, too. I figured we started okay. with the kid shows, the younger, like the teenager shows, and then work our way up. Okay, I just I just wanted to ask because. I wasn't sure where if, if I could jump around to a different one. You know what I mean? So, Absolutely, it's your channel. That's that's you're damn right it is. Um, all right, so let's jump over. All right, I got a couple of I got a couple, two really good examples to um, um, showing. Uh, I'll start with the the more the more more fresh one in my mind, but um, but basically, actually, well, they're both fresh. But either, I'll I'll start with Seinfeld. I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. Easily one of the best shows, not the Bubble Boy. Sorry, everyone. Uh, uh, one of my favorite shows, if not my favorite show of all time. Uh, definitely up there in the top creme de la creme of sitcoms amongst uh, across gener- that that will forever span generations of people to be entertained by this show. The comedic genius of Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld cannot be re- repeated whatsoever. I think their chemistry was great. That being said, it is a sitcom. There was a part, I, I, I don't remember exactly what season it was. I think it was season seven or eight. It was when Jerry, no, it was when George Costanza. George Costanza! I love him to death. Uh, George uh, is getting married. So uh, he, he is, there's two parts to this. There's the beginning of it and the ending of it. Uh, it's the season six opens up. I think it's season six or seven. Opens up with George being... Um, George is upset. He's very depressed. He's lonely. He's seeing all these couples. And finally, he sees an episode. The study episode is he goes up to Susan, who worked who, who worked with him at NBC. Uh, they broke up after a little while. They had a good thing going, blah, blah, blah. 
what happens was George decides to say, hey, Susan, and George, it's me, it's George. And she said, yeah, George? And he's like, will you marry me? And just like that. It was like the, the show, the, that season ran its course. Uh, but that was the beginning. Of, I bring that up now because the beginning of it, that was the beginning of their uh, their their marriage, their their engagement, if you will. Um, the ending of season seven, eight. I'm not sure which season it is off that man, but the ending of one of the seasons of Seinfeld. I think it's season seven, where George uh, Susan is getting ready to um, Susan is getting ready to send out the invitations for the wedding, where she's licking everyone shut. And the, the the invitations have uh, toxic, like you know, for those of you who know what an envelope and a letter is good for you, and don't just use email. It's basically when she was licking the envelopes sealed, but every time she licked it, she would get a little bit of the residue of the invitations uh, in her mouth. And why am I bringing that up? Because she got poisoned and then she died. The character of Susan died at the end of that season. They killed her off, uh, so she died. And George, um, they took her to the hospital, and then the doctor's like, you, are, "Are you are you the fiance?" She's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Your your fiance, your 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 fiance is dead. Susan is dead." And he's like, "What?" And they handled that so well in, in a in a it's in a show about nothing. That episode had a lot of heart to it. It had a lot of elemental. It had some stuff to it that I thought was actually really interesting. Uh, it showed how really you can get uh, true. Uh, what's the word? Uh, you can get true. Um, uh, what do you call it? You can get true emotion out of any sitcom. And it's not just like for a matter of like, it's it's not just all about the laughs. It's not, not all, not, not just all about the, like the, the laughs or the giggles or like, haha, that's funny. But there, at the, at the bottom of it, it has heart. And that episode had a lot of heart to it. It, it, it was very, it was very emotional, too, for the time being, uh, and it got very serious, which is part of our tonight's topic. When sitcoms got serious, but I will say this was a big episode for them when they killed off Susan because it's like, oh, you know, not many sitcoms do that to begin with. Like they, 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 they handle death comedically, but this one handled death very uh, moderately and if not very emotionally at the same time. Have you guys seen this episode? Of, you guys oh, yes, I've seen it. I've seen it. I don't okay. remember. But I gotta see it. Okay, so basically, it's it's a little bit into the show. It's like in their like sixth or seventh season alley, but it's it's once you get into it and you actually see like how they handled the death of spoilers, how mm. they handled the death of Susan. Uh, it's very interesting stuff. Just it's very interesting. Um, but that is one one of my first picks is Seinfeld. Seinfeld is one of my favorite shows of all time. The be all end all of sitcoms starts and ends here. I've seen it pretty much every episode probably twice, three times over each, uh, give or take one or two episodes here or there. But I love this show. It's hysterical. Jerry Seinfeld. I'm actually seeing him Friday, this Saturday night in the New York City, the Beacon Theater. Shout out to you, Mr. Jerry Seinfeld. You are truly a comedic genius and forever will be. Um, but yeah, that is my first pick with Seinfeld. My next pick, though, I'm going to say this. This one had more emotional. It got a little bit more serious when it came down to it. Um, and it was, I believe it or not, towards the end of the show. And it's 11th season, but Frasier. Oh, Frasier. There was a, there was the very, very end of Frasier. If you know what I'm talking about, good for you. Because I just want to let you guys know, I binge watched this entire show. He did. 
for eight months in 2022. I watched every single episode of Frasier from February till October of 2022. And I cried. What's that? Why my dad? Because I think he he did that too. Yeah, I mean, it it was on Paramount Plus plug for our video. Uh, And I was watching it. I was like, you know, this is just such a great show. I mean, I've never seen it before. Let me watch it. And I was hooked within about two episodes. I was hooked on this show. I love this show to death now. It is one of my favorite sitcoms of all time. And I've watched the whole thing, which is great. Um, They are making a sequel show just on a side note. I'm not sure how they're going to do that, but they are doing that. I don't know how. We'll we'll see. But but anyways, Frasier. Hear me out for a sec, ladies and gents. Hear me out. Frasier, throughout the show, the character of Dr. Frasier Crane always has romantic trouble and they handle it in comedic ways oh this woman's a crazy person this woman's a but i'm not saying all women are crazy don't i'm not getting to that point we have a woman on our show tonight we have ali on our show tonight that is proof right there she's great <laughs> but here no, women aren't something. crazy us men just screw everything up damn right bill yeah um, that's exactly the point men out there who actually try good for you but men who don't try sad 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 um it's 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 true um but anyways if you've watched this if you watch fraser from start to finish which i do recommend you doing over on paramount plus it's really great uh fraser has no luck fraser he is the one character on the show who has no true resolution of love no resolution of happiness and no resolution of finding the right human being, the, his soulmate, his partner, his forever, forever and ever. And the literally the last three or four episodes of the show, I was crying my eyes out at this, ladies and gents. And uh, uh, bear with me, guys. <laughs> but the very last, the series finale of Seinfeld, of, of Frasier, got me so good it got me crying because he finally the show that is super funny hysterical the niles crane and his brother all this stuff the dad martin crane who played by john mahoney just saying um no relation right jt no relation whatsoever whatsoever but god rest your god rest your soul john mahoney um but um but yeah this this show was the ending of the show is so perfect because I don't want to spoil too much, but let me just explain it this way. So, this, this, so basically, Fraser meets this woman who's a dating specialist. She's about 2004, right? And she's like, oh, I, I specialize in trying to meet you, m- m- help you find the perfect woman for you, right? And sure enough, that woman ends up being his love interest towards the end of the show. Under the end of the end of Frasier ends with him finally being happy. And that is not something you just take lightly or you take very uh you take very what's the word? Uh, you, you don't take it very like oh whatever. No no that, that was a very serious thing. The character of Frasier Crane got resolved perfectly at the end of that show by finding the woman that he truly loved and making it truly worthwhile to be alive and be happy in, as the character for Frasier Crane is. It was such a perfect send-off for the character. Uh, after, and plus, Kelsey Grammer, let's not forget, Frasier is a spin-off of Cheers. Kelsey Grammer had been playing that character since like 1984 or 5, and they ended in 2004. For 20 years, he played Frasier Crane, which is nuts! If you think about it, 20, most people do like a decade or two, or a decade or for 15 years on a show. This guy did 20. Kelsey Grammer, props to you, my guy. Seriously. 
But um, but yeah, bottom line, Frasier got serious towards the end of the show, and I think it really ended on a very heartfelt note, a very serious note of him leaving his job as a radio host in um in Seattle. He's gonna move somewhere else, and it, it, it all resolved perfectly, and it got so serious, and I loved it to death. I plug for anyone who wants to listen to it or watch it on our YouTube channel. We actually have I did a reaction like the night I finished watching it, I actually came. And I, I left the TV where I was sitting. I got up and I, and I did a video on my emotional reaction to the ending of Frasier. And I was crying my eyes out. as He finally got his happiness. I'm getting emotional now, guys. Forgive me. I'm going off on my tangent. Those are my two picks. You want to you know something uh, interesting, JT? Yes, tell me. You know um, when M- Niles and his new wife, when they have the baby near the end of the um, series? Yeah, yeah. What about it? That and they named him something David. that they were actually they actually named him. The name was actually the name after a, a producer, I think, from Frasier who was killed okay. in 11 attacks. Oh, I, I do remember that episode. I mean, I do remember them honoring him in that episode, but I, I didn't know that they actually named him because the character's name was David. Yes, David Crane. So, okay, they named it was after, um, it was after a I don't know if he was a producer or crew member, but he died in the 9-11 attacks. Yeah, very, very sad. Very sad. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but interesting stuff. Um, but yeah. All right. Fr- Frasier. The ending of the show was a very satisfying. So if, if you're looking for serious, if you're looking to end a show perfectly, look at Frasier. I, I think. Toss out those tossed salad and scrambled eggs. Hey, baby, hear the blues are calling. Toss salad, salad and, and scrambled, scrambled eggs. <laughs> They're calling again. <laughs> uh, now I'm gonna, I, I feel like I have to go now and binge watch Frasier, don't I? Bill, if have you even seen the show? I've seen I've seen a I've seen a good amount of episodes. Watch it from beginning to end, and you'll have the same experience I had. It's the beauty of the sitcom. Yeah. So but um, yeah, Frasier. Al, you got anything? I guess we're going on to our next one. All right. I mean, yeah. whatever you want. I mean, at well, this point, we're just... actually a two-for-one special. Two-for-one. A two-for-one special. Yeah, what do you got? Full House and Fuller House. Okay. I know I know. Bill's going to go off on Fuller House in a little bit, but... You're going to get Fuller House, Bill? No, I, I have one for Full House. Fuller House, which is... You. The... No, for what was that? Full House. Okay, what were two of the ones you were thinking about for Full House? I mean, for Full House. Do you want to do second half or first half? Let me ask you that. Second half, first half of what? Full House. Well, what were you thinking about going first? I mean, I had a few right there. Like, I don't know. Like, there's so many for this one. Like, Uh, there have been so many serious issues I have been. Okay, well, um, why don't you start with the first half then? All right, I'll take the first half. Well, yeah, because there is one. I only have really one episode on my mind, but if you had more, I have a few. Like, okay, you know, why don't we just roll? And if we swipe right, I'll let you know. All right. So, first and, then, all, and I'll chime in too. And I'll chime in on yeah, these two. So, starting with I'll, the beginning. Sorry, JJ. The series, go on, Ali. The girls, DJ, Stephanie, and even baby Michelle have to deal with their mother dying from a car crash. And which we later find out in season eight. Another serious issue was when Kimmy got Gibbler, DJ's friend got drunk. DJ explained that her mom got killed by a drunk driver. 
So pretty much from a young age, they had to learn. Well, Danny had to learn how to raise three kids with the help of his of his brother-in-law Jesse and his best friend Joey. Played by John Stamos and Dave Coulier. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Bob Sackett, we still miss you. Yeah. Rest in peace, seriously. But that's just the start of the first season. And like, I guess probably towards the end of the first season, we see Jesse dealing with like, I guess a lot of mental health issues because he can't really be himself when having to raise his family and trying to be with other, trying to go date other people. And it's like, you see like a lot of burnout and like, you don't really believe it. And he ran away from his family because of it. Okay. Oh, I think I know what episodes you're talking about. The one when he meets up with his friends when they're going skiing somewhere. Yeah. You know, I can understand that. It's like, you know, when you basically have to be a second and third dad. Yeah. To. And, and you know what? And I'm sorry if I'm hijacking this from you, Allie, but it, it's like, you know, he's sort of going through a quarter life crisis. Mm-hmm. Because he's not even at midlife. Right. He's, um, um, yeah, he's at, um, he's going through, um, he's going through that crisis and that episode, I, it's, it's that one episode I love when one of his buddies are there and they have this party and they're making fun of him saying, oh, look what he's been like now. He goes from Dr. J to Dr. Seuss and he's trying to do that, that stunt with the, the motorcycle on the ledge, trying to prove he's still a bad, you know what? Um, but then he's just, you know. Yeah, but no, and or that epic, or when he's trying to get that number one hit, like no, I I understand. You know, thinking about it now, Allie, thank you for bringing this up. He does have some issues. A lot of it is involving mental health. It's like. I mean, definitely for both the whole family. It's like, how do you grieve someone you really lost? If you remember the thing. Not just once. Twice. What's the second one? When Jesse's grandfather died. Oh, I remember that episode. When they they had to tell Michelle that he had passed. I still get lump in my throat when I watch that. Oh, yeah. And also when Michelle was older and, and she asked about her own mother. Oh, that was in the series that, finale. When she when she lost her memory and Yeah. And and they're like, Well, you're my dad. Where's my mom? But yeah, you can see. And like, listen, this is a show I like to make fun of nowadays, but they did tackle a lot of serious issues. Of course. I mean, other issues that they've they've done is like in the earlier seasons is pretty much drinking alcohol again, peer pressure, especially with Stephanie. Almost the fact that she almost got peer pressured into doing a joyride with one of, with somebody older. And her, oh, and her... And her friend got into a car accident with them. Yeah. And there was even an episode where they talk about child abuse. That was the episode I was going to talk about, actually. I'm going to hand it over to you. 
Okay, it's an episode. It's called Silence is Not Golden. And the plot of the episode is very simple. Um, there's this kid in Stephanie's class who's kind of a jerk. Nobody likes him. And they get, and Stephanie and this kid get paired up on a project together. And, you know, in the beginning of this episode, you think, oh, I am not going to like this kid, am I? I'm just not going to like him, aren't I? And then you sit down and you find out, and then I think it was um, Michelle who comes in and tells Stephanie, oh, you've got to take out the garbage. Dad's going to flip. And then he goes, oh, I'm going to get it now. And he goes, and then he goes, Okay, well, when he's doing it, you know, think I, I remember the exact line too. He says, "Think of a funny movie like Home Alone or Who Framed Roger Rabbit." So what? Going, you know, when your dad's pounding you, and he's like, "My dad, my dad doesn't hit me," and he goes, "Does yours go?" Forget it, and he's like trying to. And he's like trying to just deflect and say, just forget it. That's the first. And then, you know, like when I watched it as a kid, I never really guessed it. But now when I watch it as an adult, listen, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a social worker. But he does kind of show the signs of abuse. Like when, well, there's another one he goes, you know, when he admits, like Stephanie, his mother is deceased. And he goes, yeah, I hit him. You know, yeah, my dad hits me. But it's my own fault for ticking him off. Okay, um, listen again, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a social worker, but he shows all the signs of someone who's been abused. One, how he's a jerk. That's kind of him lashing out at everyone. Because he's so angry about him getting beat, he lashes out at everyone. And two, you know, and he kind of gives a tough guy as a, you know, as a defense mechanism. And then we, and then when he says, oh, it's my own fault for ticking him off, in a way, that's kind of gaslighting. Am I right, Allie, or? Yeah. It's straight up gaslighting. I mean, I remember that kid tried to tell Stephanie, please don't report this to anybody. Trying to keep it a secret, you know. And then. reported it. And then I remember the next day in that episode, the teacher comes up and tells Stephanie, hey, you're going to need a new partner. Charlie had an accident. And he goes, well, what kind of accent? He fell down the stairs. In other words, his father threw him down the stairs. And, and, and I remember there's this scene when Michelle gets mad at Danny for something and he starts, she starts, Stephanie starts screaming at her. Then Uncle Jesse comes in and he goes, What's wrong going? I, I can't tell. And then it's like, okay. But sh- 
there's this kid in my class named Charles, and his father hits him badly. And and Uncle Jesse goes, we got to report this. He goes, I can't. I told him I keep a secret going. He's getting hit. And going, like, I go, oh, my gosh. I know you want to protect your friend. It goes, but listen. And, and you know what? This is actually a very good lesson. You know, I think we're taught by the time, from the time we're young children. Don't tattletale. Mm-hmm. Don't tattletale. Don't snitch. Keep your mouth shut and mind your own business. But you know what? Here's something. If there's kids watching, here's a little life lesson here. That whole don't tattle, it's a little more nuanced than you think. It's a little more nuanced. Like if you know someone is in danger, then yes, go tell the authorities. And then it found, and he goes, what's going to happen if, and there's this one episode, there's this one part of the episode when Stephanie says, Uncle Jesse, what's going to happen if we do tell us what's going to happen if we don't? Because, and he says, if you don't, if you know something's happening and you don't say anything about it, you're just giving it permission to happen. And then they report it to social services and Charles gets eventually put into a foster home. Stephanie's ang- angry and regrets telling him and he go and she goes, they took him out of his home? And he goes, and she goes, they had to. He wasn't safe there. And he goes, yeah, thanks a lot, Uncle Jesse. Now he's going to hate me. And then she goes, and then he said, listen, because of what you did, he might be angry at you with it, but hey, he's going to be safe tonight. But the question is, do we know that he was going to be safe? What do you mean, do we? Oh, because the foster family might be even worse. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Because there are, no offense, there are some foster homes that are just as bad. Now, trust me, the adoption the adoption foster system in this country is entirely screwed up. But that's a that's a conversation not for this podcast. Um, but no, that episode, I think it handled it very well, and you know, it really tackles that. You know, talent on someone is kind of nuanced. Like, if you're just doing it to get them in trouble, make them look bad, that yeah, don't do that. But when you're doing it because you're deeply afraid about someone's safety yes go tell someone tell the authorities it's not all that black and white mm-hmm. Allie, you said you had more full house stuff too i mean eating disorder we there was an episode where dj again the magazine eating disorder trying to get into a swimsuit oh my god i remember that one just like so many episodes let's put it this way this is one of the sitcoms where they tackle serious issues almost all the time. But I kind of want to transition to this, to Fuller House because there's a few episodes that I would like to talk about. And the first one involves Stephanie once more. And it's like somewhere in the first season after she comes back home to take care of, help DJ raise her three sons. She bluntly said, she told DJ, I can't have kids. Which is like probably one of the, like one of the first family shows to talk about infertility. You know, once you think about it, Allie, I think you're right. 
Yeah. I mean, we don't know why she can't have kids, but we just know she couldn't. And she's been always wanting to have kids. And throughout the series, the whole Stephanie arc is, well, she ends up falling in love with Kimmy's brother, and which we find out also in the Fuller House series that they've pretty much been abandoned their whole lives. Like they pretty much had to raise each other. Really? Mm-hmm. It was one episode in season two in which Kimmy and Jimmy's Jimmy. parents were supposed to show up and they never did. And and you know what? And I'm going to be honest. I wasn't a really a big fan of Fuller House. Sorry, folks. Um, I know. Didn't we talk about it a while yes, ago? I went on a huge ass rant about it. I remember that now. Yep. I was like, I feel like we've seen this before. <laughs> but um, but what I do remember is, you know, think about it this when when DJ gets back with Steve and it's hard on their son, on their oldest son, Jackson. Think about it. It's sort of, it sort of shows about what a parent, what a child goes through when their parent is getting remarried, when their parent is getting remarried. I mean, also again, one of the other characters, Ramona, because her parents were divorced, but ended up getting back together and she had to deal with, her parents being separated for a while. Ah, I agree. And I think there was also another episode, I think, in season two, when the youngest kid was getting evaluated to go to a pro- go to preschool, and DJ found out that he had a learning problem. He was delayed on his speech. And like for someone who's a parent like that, it's like Hard. It hits on them. It's like, what did I do wrong with my kid? It really does hit. It really does hit hard. Um, I'll be honest. I think I only made it to like season two or season three of the show. So Don't until you started that. bashing it <laughs> before, yes, before I went crazy and started bashing it. Yeah, before he went berserk, he's like, oh my god, this show is terrible! Boo! I was going to say, maybe I should give the rest of this show a chance. I would watch the rest. Is it on Netflix, right? It's on Netflix. I saw the whole series. Okay. So there's stuff I do talk about, like, one thing, going back to Stephanie, like, throughout the whole series, like, she was trying to get a child and ended up at the no, sorry to spoil it to you, but at the end of season three, found a surrogate. Kimmy. Yes. To raise, to pretty much carry her daughter. But after that, and after everybody got married, the biggest surprise was that Stephanie ended up getting pregnant. But you know, you know, while this is happy news. You're also thinking if this is someone who's infertile and got pregnant, this could either be really good or it could be really bad. Or could be a miscarriage later. Could be a miscarriage or something could happen to her that eventually could put her life at risk. Right. But, um, yeah. But you know what? Maybe I should give this series another chance. Fellow members of the Super Review Show, comment below if Bill should watch the rest of Fuller House. 
Yeah, let us know. You can reach us on Instagram and if you want to let us know about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if I was willing to give that 90s show another chance, I guess I can give this another chance. I have not even watched that 90s show and I haven't even watched that. You know what? I'll tell you this. I watched the first episode of that 90s show and I was cringing and I was texting our good friend, Dr. Hemsley. I'm like, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. What did he say? He said, oh, this sounds like a bad idea, but I'm thinking, okay, you know what? Maybe I'm jumping the gun a little too much. Mm. Let me try watching another. Let, and then I watched other episodes and it's not, a, it's not terrible. So always give shows another chance. Wasn't there any issues for that 70 shows that they tackled? Yeah, but I can't remember. No, they've tackled a lot, but I can't remember a lot off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, I don't remember a lot too. Yeah. So, um, any more for Full or Fuller House, Allie? Or covered a lot of it. Um, JT, you have any next, or is it my turn, or it's your turn? Okay. All right. There is a show I would want to talk about, but that's another show that Allie has. So when we get back to her, we'll talk about that one. No, we can talk about it now. I I don't really have a lot left to talk about. Okay. Um, okay. Even though I really didn't grow up watching this show, Glee. Yep. I may have watched like a few episodes here and there, but there is one episode that I actually just saw recently. It's called Lights Out. The episode is the, whatchamacallit, the the school loses power. Mm. And the Glee Club is just trying to go unplugged. And while they're around, you know, people reveal secrets. And Ryder reveals a secret of that when he was a child, he was essayed by a by a female babysitter. Oh, wow. And, you know, and during this moment, he sings, I must say, a very good version of R.E.M.'s Everybody Hurts. Mm. Rightfully so. And you know what? A, a lot of people have criticized this, but I actually think this, I'm actually, I actually, I don't want to say I liked the reaction from some of the characters, but I do think it's realistic because, you know, uh, some of the guys say, dude, you know how many men would kill to be in your position? Oh, my God. And, you know, a lot of people criticize the show for that because, but you know what? Here's where I will defend Glee. Because, unfortunately, that's a reaction that a lot of men get when they bring up these stories that they're essayed by a woman. That's a react. That's, unfortunately, a reaction they get. I'll get back to that in a second, but the epi- but near the end, Kitty tells Ryder 
that he that he she relates to him because she got essayed by a family member. But, you know, going back to, you know, a lot of people criticize the show for the reaction of the other characters. Again, I think that was a real realistic response because unfortunately, okay, guys, we're to our audience out there, we're talking about a very heavy, serious topic right now. So if, yeah. if you have faced this stuff, I think it might be best you skip this. Um, it's sort of a double standard. Like when a woman goes through it, you know, everybody's like showing them, showing her sympathy and like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You're very brave for coming out about it. It's okay. We're all here to help you. But when a man goes through it, oh, dude, suck it up. Deal with it. You got SA'd by a woman? Dude, you know how many guys would kill to be in your shoes? Let's put it this Dude. way. There are other women who haven't essayed and pretty much were told to say nothing about it and they had to hide it. Too. I'm sorry, can you repeat that, Allie? There are women who are like that too. They're, they were told to suck it up as well. Oh my yeah. God. No, yes. They would get harassed if they told anybody. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, um, and, but, um, yeah, no, that, that is absolutely true. You know, it happens to women too. Women are also told to suck it up and deal with it. And children, well, mo- and young people too, like younger people. And you know what? I think the basis of this episode is, the basis of this episode is, I think we, when someone talks about them being essayed, we need to take it seriously. We need to we need to listen. We need to we need to be sensitive. I agree. And, yeah, absolutely. And we gotta stop this whole double standard when with men when they go, you, you know, you were essayed by a super attractive woman. Dude, I killed the be No, no. Okay, you know what? I'm sorry. No, shut up. Shut up. Don't go on this soapbox about how you would kill to be in his position. No, you wouldn't. It's, and and I think we got to stop, and we got to stop calling men weak when they go through things like that. And they want to openly talk about it. And I think that's why so many people are scared. And I think that's why people do resort to drugs and alcohol and other addictions and other addictions. And some of them, unfortunately, take their own lives. It's sad. And you know what? And I think we need to be a society that's more compassionate and that when women and men come forward about this stuff, all genders, all genders, all ages, they need to come forward and I think we need to listen and I think we can't and I don't think we should be laughing at men when they and women we shouldn't be laughing at them and saying that you know we shouldn't be saying that men should be enjoying that and we shouldn't be saying that women deserve it we should not be saying that amen Bill amen 
okay, I'm I'm getting off my soapbox, but I think it's a really good episode. And like I said, I love that version of Everybody Hurts. It's a great song, too. If you have not heard the song by R.E.M., get on it. It is a really great song. All right, Um, is there a Glee episode? You said you wanted to... Like two of them, really. I mean, one one we'll is the whole series about Kurt pretty much coming out and dealing with a father who pretty much is rejecting his sexuality. But he comes to accept it later on. And I think there are two episodes I do want to mention. One is an episode I think where Rachel Liam Michelle's character is it Rachel? Yes. She broke her nose. And she wanted to have like a nose, like, God, her name. I don't remember. I haven't seen Glee in like a decade. So I, I can't even remember a lot of things. But she wanted, I think, Diana Agron's character. Mm-hmm. But then everyone else like started like opening up about their problems that they've dealt with. Ended up doing like this rendition of Born This Way. Or you should be ha- you should be accepted for who you are. Mm. And then the second episode discusses the death of Finn, aka Corey Monteith, who passed away. I think was it ten years ago now? Yeah, it was. Because I know Corey Monteith, I think, died of an overdose. Yes. So it's like, how do you grieve in this episode of someone who was really the heart and soul of the Glee Club? And I do remember that episode very vaguely. Like I said, I didn't really watch it from first episode to the series finale, but... Neither have I. I just remember, like, small... I do remember them, oh, the show, the episode opened up with the song Seasons of Love from Rent. That specific episode. Um, And just flashbacks and... You know, that was a really, you know, I remember that happened. I'm like, Corey Monteith, where do I know that name from? And I'm like, oh, Glee. Like I said, I wasn't the biggest Glee fan, but. You know, come to think about it, Allie and JT, this show was kind of groundbreaking in a way. Certain sense, yeah. Had a character in a wheelchair. It had characters who were LGBTQ. It was like one of the few shows in the 2000s that were talking about LGBTQ issues. Late 2000s, early 2010s. That were t- it was one of those shows in that time period that were talk openly talking about LGBTQ things. And they have a coach there who was transgender. You're right. And I remember because I watched it on this Mojo episode of you know, the time Glee tackled serious issues, like there was a time with abusive relationships when the the new female coach, there's she's sitting there and they're watching the Glee Club do the version of the cell block tango from Chicago. Ooh. Which anyone knows the show or knows the song, it's about women who are in prison for killing their abusive husbands. Oh, God. And during the song, she just gets up and walks out. Hinting that she was in an abusive relationship. Mm. 
Um, but yeah, um, Glee was a pretty groundbreaking show. I mean, personally, I you're gonna. I'm. Not, I'm thinking you both are gonna kill me. I've never seen Glee to begin with. Don't worry. Nah. Am, I, am I missing anything or no? No. Um, a few good covers. Isn't the first like the the pilot them covering "Don't Stop Believing" by Journey? Is that right? Yes, I think okay, so. Okay, that that's what I thought. I was. I, I knew that. I was like. I remember being on like Fox or whatever it was or forever. I was like, what is it? Glee? What? And I, I, just, I never saw it. Uh, is it my turn? It is your yeah. turn. Sorry. Right. Uh, say, so. no, you're good. I mean, there's only one more. There's only one other sitcom that I personally can think of um, that took on a serious, a, a serious moment in the show. Um, actually more, more than more than one, probably a couple. Um, I don't know if, I forget if you both are, are are fans of the show. I actually really liked the show when it was on. I I think the series finale is up there. It's one of the best series finales out there um, by any show ever. Um, but I think the Big Bang Theory. Oh. oh, I love watching the Big Bang Theory. It's so it's just such a fun, funny show. You know what I mean? It's great. But I will say there were some of issues that have been discussed in Big Bang Theory and a lot of Sheldon issues. Yeah, sh- I mean, sh- let's not forget the guy who played Sheldon. Actually, like, what do you call it? the guy who played Jim Sheldon? Parsons. You know, Jim Parsons. Half the time, I forgot he was acting. That's how good he was. He was he em- embodied that character so well. Um, now, for the first off, I'm saying this: was every season great? No. Were there a lot of high points? Yes. Were there, were there, were there a lot of low points? Yes. One thing that really drove me, um, there was a couple moments on this show that it, it got serious. Uh, one in which there's three in particular, but one I didn't like. I, I, I should say I, it, it, again, if you don't, if you don't want to hear about this, fast forward, skip ahead about, about an extra five minutes or whatever. Or if you if you want to listen to us, listen to us. I don't care. Uh, but it's you're the listener. You want to pay attention to us. It's our it's our show. Hear me out. Now, without getting controversial, without getting full on politicized here, and this is not a political moment here at all on the on our show. What what with what I'm about to say is that there was a moment I remember clear as day watching because I watched the show all the time. It was on CBS. I watched it on when it was on cable every night. I tuned in every week for it. It was incredible. It's on cable on TBS, and, and now it's on TBS. Yeah, exactly. So there was a moment where Sheldon was in HR for whatever reason. For those who don't know, it's what it's what these four scientists and their and their love and their girlfriends, whatever. And they work in a, they work in a, a um, like a university, and they basically it's like them being super smart and super. It's kind of like Revenge of the Nerds, but as a TV show. Um. Anyways, for those you don't know, but yeah, uh, there's a moment where Sheldon gets called into the HR office for a um. Not harassment, for just, just so they had to discuss something with him. And one thing that really, even as like a, it was by 2013, 2014, maybe when this episode aired, um, there's an episode where, and again, I'm not, I'm just mentioning mentioning it because it got serious. I'm not trying to say anything about my political views or Bill's political views or Ali's or whatever. I'm just saying what happened in the episode. So just bear with me. 
But in the episode, the HR lady is a person of color. And basically this person, uh, this, this person, Sheldon, basically, I, I, I'm still amazed at how they got, they got by this. Just like uh, Sheldon said, I don't remember the exact dialogue, but I remember Sheldon basically saying, oh, you're a an S word. And for those of you, for those of you who know the S word, you know what I'm talking about. The SL, you know the rest. Um, he called her that on TV, and I'm like, oh, good God. <laughs> so they're calling that person that. Okay. A little bit serious. And that was a very, that was a cross the line moment. I was not, I was not happy with that, first of all. That is one I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I feel uncomfortable talking about it. Let's just put it that way. Because uh, I don't think it's funny to do that, uh, especially on a sitcom like The Big Bang Theory, where it was highly critically acclaimed and won all these Emmys, blah, 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 all this stuff. But I just, that was my, uh, that crossed the line for me as a viewer uh, when they, when they actually said, they said, you're a slave. And I'm like, oh, I actually said out loud, oh, okay. That's frightening. Okay. Like the character of Sheldon Cooper said that it went up. So I was like, all right, whatever. Uh, that got serious to me. And, and then eventually they pushed it a little bit further. And later on the episode where he was like, hey, here's the, he's like, here's the DVD. This might help you out. And it was a, it was a DVD called roots. And I'm like, Oh my God, it was terrible. At today's world, that would never fly. Oh, um, that would not fly. 100% not fly. It would not fly at all after the events of 2020. And I will say no more. But um, but basically, that was one moment where it got very serious, man. I got it really stood out to me as an episode where it's like, oh, this is where sitcoms can actually go from being really funny to being really dark and serious, but but, but only for a moment or two in the show overall arc of the show, which it, it's fine if you're gonna do it, but don't do it like that. That's just me. Anyways, that was one moment on the show where I was like that. The other moment I'm gonna say, as far as um being a serious moment goes was actually on a much more lighthearted but serious note when Sheldon Cooper... Now, by the way, if, if you watch the show, over the course of the show, the character of Sheldon Cooper progressively gets looser and looser. I don't mean like an angry way, but he, he gets looser and looser as a person, as a character, excuse me, as a character, and he becomes more and more of a... more and more of a understanding... Instead of so uptight, he's more like understanding of people and whatnot over the course of the show to a point where at the end of, I don't know what season it was, but at, at the end of one of the seasons, him and Amy are no longer together. And he was very upset by that. And he actually did his best to, and he, he bought an engagement ring. Uh, do you guys remember this episode at all? You know what I'm talking about? It's been a while. Like I watched Big Bang Theory here and there. Okay. Um. Anyways. Hey, the end of the season is him saying, oh, he was talking to Spock about like rings or whatever. And he said, I have this one for Amy. And then that's where the show ended. He wanted to propose to Amy because he realized that no one else in the, in the, in the universe would put up with him. Uh, and that's how season, the next season started with him going to find her. Uh, no, no, no. What was that? They, they drew that out a long time. Now that I think about it. They drew that to like to like, to the point where the end of the next season was him proposing. The end of the next season was him actually find, dro- driving a car. Sheldon Cooper never drives a car uh, in the whole show until like that point. He drives to her and he says, Amy, will you marry me? And sure enough, that's where the scene cuts. Mm. And you're like, what just happened? 
It's crazy. Wow. It's it, it was a very intense, very serious moment for the show. I was very uh the, the, and I was the, to me and th- this is just a general common theme for me. I would say that this some series finales they do get serious because they end the they end they try their best to end the shows on the perfect note. Like The Office to me ended their show great. It ended that really comedic stuff with a very funny but very hysterical show, but it ended on such a perfect note. Big Bang Theory definitely did that too. So, long story short, I think Big Bang Theory is up there for me as a, as a show that took some had a lot of hysterical moments, a lot of great moments to it, but at the same time, it really took some unique turns here and there, and it got serious when it had to. But overall, it was it was a very good show overall for what it was worth, and I and I do miss it, Drew. I miss. You know what? Come to think about it, what's up? Sheldon Cooper is kind of a tragic character because when you look at a lot of like his of his unusual behaviors i'm gonna just straight up say it this is someone who has some mental health issues oh 100 he's very complex i would watch young sheldon if you want to understand why when he was younger like you know that yeah. episode where he hoards everything <laughs> yeah you know, that's the thing with hoarding. Like, people hoard maybe because they want to hold on to something. Yeah, he 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 never throws anything away. Yeah, I know what you mean. Because people want to, you know, because maybe his father who passed away, maybe he's holding on memories of that. and Right, it could be a lot of stuff. And... And, you know, a Big Bang Theory, you know, there's an episode where Howard meets his soon-to-be father, his soon-to-be parents-in-law. Yeah. And and Bernadette's father wants, Bernadette tries to convince him to take Howard on, like, a fishing trip. And he's reluctant at first, but then he's like, you know, when Leonard and Sheldon talk about their fathers, and he goes, my father just... Didn't even leave a note and he left. Mm-hmm. That could show to absent, you know, absentee parents, which is, you know, something I'm going to talk about soon in a certain episode. So, in a certain show. So, uh, hang on. So, yeah. mm-hmm. that's all I got. All I got for Big Bang Theory. All right. Allie, you got any more? I'm unfortunately out of gas. <laughs> okay, I actually too. have two more, if that's okay. Go ahead, Bill. Go ahead. Okay, first we're going into the world of obscurity. Um, have you guys ever heard of this Disney sitcom called Dinosaurs? No. Actually, I've heard of it, but I've never really got into it. Okay. Dinosaurs was a show that was on in the 90s which was actually the first, it was actually the last creation of Jim Henson, of Muppet creator Jim Henson before he, he was actually working on this when he passed away. Um, the show is about a family called the Sinclairs, which is, which is, on, which is, this show basically tried to be a Simpsons ripoff. Um, they're a suburban family. You got Earl, who's a typical blue collar, hardworking dad. His wife, 
God, I forgot her name. Um. Okay, well, and he's got three kids. This show tackled upon serious issues. Like, there was an episode that they touched upon with um with with drugs. There was an episode they tackled upon it with um they tackled upon when one of the dinosaur kids come out as a vegetarian. And they kind of use it as like a, an analogy for drugs or okay, oh the woman's name is Fran. The female is named Fran. You know, some have used the analogy for something like um for something like for something like drugs or coming out of the closet. And it actually, you know, that also touched upon an episode about sexual harassment. Okay. Which was actually based off of a real life incident, by the way. It was actually based off of the incident of the um yeah, this is a show from Disney that actually based this episode off the the at the time the um confirmation hearings of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas when there was sexual harassment allegations against him by Anita Hill, someone who used to work for him. Hmm. So they actually based that episode off of, off of that incident and like the, the reactions of, you know, what were you wearing? Yeah. This show was ahead of its time, but the one that everyone talks about the series finale, which is, in my humble opinion, the most depressing series finale ever. The dinosaurs are for these things called the bunch beetles, but none of them show up until one of them do because Earl's boss basically destroyed their ecosystem and built a wax fruit factory and killed all of them off and and what happened? And so, one thing what happens is um, of what they do of how Earl is obsessed with. Oh, progress, progress! You know, my boss, Miss Mister So and So, he knows what he's doing. And then they like spray the whole planet and kill off all the plants, which is basically um, you know bad news if you're an herbivore. And then, and then they decide, okay, well, what are we going to do to to fix this? So the next, because thinking that clouds will come and form rain and bring all plant life back, they drop bombs into volcanoes, which does form clouds. But what happens is the planet goes extremely cold and the final scene of the show is all is the family the Sinclair family sitting in a sitting in their room all bundled up Earl having to explain to his family that he messed up and outside the house it's all snowed in 
you know what this means, folks. It means the dinosaurs are going to die. Hmm. And the baby goes, well, what's going to happen? Going, I don't know. I was put in charge of the world, and now there's not going to be much of a world left for you or your brothers and sisters. And then um, and they say, oh, we got to move. Goes, there's nowhere to move. Goes, well, what's going to happen? And the two siblings go, no matter what, we won't leave you. Saying that they'll stay together as a family. And the final shot of the show is the camera moving out and the house covered in snow, knowing that this will be their last night together. And you, br- you brought me to tears, man, just saying. You know, that's a good way to end a show with climate change. But oh yeah, so yeah, that ended on a very serious no, it really did. Yeah. Okay, there's one more show. I have to talk about this show, this episode, because if I don't, someone I'm going to get hate mail. It's the episode of The Office where Michael Scott is... I'm just kidding, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, every time Dwight does something stupid. As, episode. <laughs> as anyone remember the show, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Yeah, why? I think I know what you might be talking about. Okay, Allie, I'm going to let you guess. Cartag, oh my God. There's a couple episodes. Abandonment or something involving gun violence? I was going to go with the abandonment, but the gun violence episode. Do you remember that episode well, Allie? Because I really don't. Not really. I mean, I figured there had to be an episode about gun violence. and that. But, um, yeah, but I'm going to talk about the abandonment episode. Well, the fresh, this is what I remember about the gun violence episode. Um. There was a, there was a, um, I think Will got shot and his cousin Carlton was ready to, bought a gun and wanted to get revenge. And then when Will Smith is laying in his hospital bed, he knows about Carlton's gun. He goes, just give me the gun. Give me the gun. And he drops the gun, knowing not to do that. But the episode that everybody talks about, Will's father comes back. Oh. And they're making up for lost time. And everything seems to be going great. And then there comes the ep- and then there comes when he has to leave again. And he leaves, and then Uncle Phil, played by the late James Avery, he says, Will, I know this is hard. And then he goes, no, listen, to hell with him. And he's going off this whole, like, go, I don't think I could give this rant justice. So it's on YouTube. Go go watch it on YouTube. Um, We definitely will check it out, man. And he's, like, what? going off, going, I don't need him. You know, basically, I don't need him. I had great... I had a great life without him. And then he goes, you know, I got my fur, you know, I'm going to get a, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get a good job. I'm going to have a beautiful family. I don't need him. I scored my first basket without him. And then he's like breaking down in tears. And then he looks to uncle Phil and goes, why doesn't he want me? Why is he leaving me? And then he just breaks down into uncle Phil's arms and uncle Phil is hugging him. I think why that episode is so because that really shows about abandonment. 
Mm-hmm. And what I really like about that is they don't romanticize it. Like they don't play the cats in the cradle and all that. They show the pain of someone who really grew up without a father. But here is something that, you know, that that is a little bit of a positive note here, how Uncle Phil is comforting him. It shows the show, even though Will and Uncle Phil have their differences, Uncle Phil has been the only father that Will has ever known. Like in the series finale, he says, Will, you know you're my son, right? Like, as if you watch the show, you know they have their antics together where they fight or Will does something stupid and Uncle Phil isn't happy about it, but... But yeah, but um, that episode with Will's father, it's absolutely heartbreaking because, you know, you understand the pain of someone who grew up without a father. And yeah, because if I didn't talk about that episode, the the whole internet would be outside my house right now. And I know my two lovely cohorts here will not tell them where I live, so... You can find Bill at blah, 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 blah. I'm just kidding. Hey, don't tell them I live at blah, 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 blah. If you really want to know Bill's address, just Google it. Yes, just Google, just Google Bill Murphy at gmail.com. Don't give wonderful people the idea of Googling my address. Oh, God. Google has everything, Bills. They even have my address. They do. Um, <laughs> all right, my co-hosts. Uh, oh, anything else great. for? Are we good? I think we're good. I think we got a we got the good amount that we need. Perfect. Well, we covered a lot tonight, ladies and gents. We covered a lot. Um, we want to thank you all for watching, listening, however you enjoyed us tonight. And I want to thank Bill and Allie. Bill as always, but Allie as well for for helping us out with this topic because I had a little bit of trouble coming up with the topic. And Bill's like, "Hey, why don't we try this?" And he's like, "Why don't we get Allie too?" So why not? Um, but I want to thank the two of them as always for doing this with me. It is a, uh, it's always a pleasure. Um, if you, and uh, yeah, so it, like I said, we thank, we want to thank Ali and I want to thank Bill. Bill also has another podcast. If you're not aware of it, it's called the uh, sports Saturday podcast on the sports Saturday network. Super Bowl is check is coming. Check us out. We're on all platforms. Yes. They got, they, I, I will say this till the end of the day, the best sports podcast by the best sports network. Period. Thank you. End of discussion. And don't forget to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Simply at the Superview Show. And just to tell you guys now, we will be going live on February 18th, later this month, for a 10-hour live stream right here in the J Cave, uh, benefiting a local charity. You can find more of our details on that on our Facebook page and our Instagram as well. Simply at the Superview Show as well. But uh, but yeah, thanks so much for watching, listening, however you enjoyed us. So for all of us here at the Superview Show, stay safe, take care. And be awesome. Be awesome.